Welcome to the Suffolk Money Podcast, from the heath and forests of West Suffolk to the coast and beaches of East Suffolk. We've been looking at how people use money. And in effect, there's only three things that you can do with money. You can spend it, you can save it, or you can give it away. We've been talking to financial experts who can help us with our savings and investments. We've been speaking to charities who can utilise the funds that can be given away to support our communities. And we've been talking to entrepreneurs and business owners about places where money can be spent. I grew up in the seaside town of Felixstowe and it still feels to me as my hometown. For many years, people have been saying Felixstowe is an up and coming location. Well, now it really feels as though it is. And one particular place that is seeing a significant renaissance is Mannings, which is a well-known spot on the seafront. Originally known for its amusement arcades and rides, the team at Mannings have come up with a really great solution to introduce food and boutique shops into what was becoming a very unused area. Containers uh, into that space, they've created Beach Street. And so we took the opportunity of visiting Beach Street and met some of the business owners and Charlie Manning, one of the partners who run the business. You'll hear that as one of our five interviews that we carried out on that afternoon. It was a gloriously sunny June afternoon when we visited. And certainly I felt that it really is a superb addition to Felix Day. So I've stepped inside one of the containers at um, Beach Street and now's an opportunity to meet with Victoria. So Victoria, you run the gallery at Box Art. Tell me all about Box Art. The way I curate the space is that it changes every month and it's always exhibiting artwork by different artists throughout the east of England. So is any of this yours? Yes, I do pet portraits and bees. They're really popular, particularly the bees. People really love them. They're really nice pops of colour, nice and bright, happy. Now, I didn't spot those, which is a bit embarrassing, but I did spot things like Han Solo on the side. Uh, <laughs> so you've got a good variety of art. What, what sort of, how much of this would be yours and how much of this do you curate from other people? I would say about a sixth of it is mine. And the rest is all different artists because I really, really believe in supporting the local economy, local artists. And I think through people investing in artwork is one great way in which to do that. And by having this box, the gallery box, I'm really able to put local artists out there on the high street almost for people to just walk by and have a look at. Because a lot of artists as well are quite nervous. They are um, quite recluse and they um, like to just be at home or in their studios creating their work and they don't necessarily want to sell well, they do want to sell, but they don't want to sell directly to the public themselves. So I kind of meet that gap, meet in the middle, and I do it on their behalf. That's a, that's a really interesting thing, because I guess the thing with an artist, it's your inspiration and your motivation that gets you to put whatever it is, paint on canvas or carve something amazing. But just because that's what how you feel and that's how you express yourself, you might not think anyone's interested in buying it. Yes, that's completely correct. And a lot of the artists as well that I work with, 
one of the key features that I'm keen to discuss with them is will they take on commissions? Because some people come in and they really like a particular artist's style and their work and they want to actually work with them, but they will ask, can they do this style but of this image? So a majority of the artists that come in here, they do commission work. So let's go back to your artwork. Mm -hmm. So your specialism is bees. And what was the other thing you referred to? Pet portraits. Yeah, people love their pets. They love their animals. And I, I enjoy painting them. I've got a few here on the go already. There's talk another one up talk there. us through some of those. Okay, so I've got three on the go at the moment. Uh, there's one in the top corner. That is of a black Labrador wearing a specific uniform of a gentleman who is in the army. It's actually going to be a surprise wedding gift. The bride has ordered it for her husband-to-be. And that's almost finished. I just need to finish his face. Um, this one is of a fox Labrador that unfortunately passed away a year ago. And um, the guardians of that dog wanted to get a little portrait done to remember Benji. And then this one here is of two different dogs. And that is a birthday gift somebody has commissioned for her best friend. Well, uh, yeah, unfortunately our listeners can't see them, but all I can say is they are quite an, uh, amazing. I mean, the the one that's in the uniform is that a, you know is that a, quite a unique approach, or is that something that many people ask for something sort of a bit unusual? Yeah, a lot of people, um, as many as your listeners probably know, if you've got an animal, they do have certain characteristics, and sometimes you kind of think, oh, if you were a human, you would wear this, or this would be your kind of attitude. And some people like to actually dress their animals up in particular outfits, and I just do that by painting it. There's another one up here of my cat. She's called Dora, but I really love Frida Kahlo. So I've combined the two. So it's my black cat, Dora, with her bright yellow eyes, and then she's got a headpiece of full of flowers and then a gold necklace and a purple top. Yeah, does that... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great. It is unique. No, it's great. It's sort of a mix of perhaps someone's perception of a WI attendee with a cat. Is yeah. that sort of... Yeah, that's... It's, it's amazing. Now, I'm fascinated by I keep bees, so I like your uh, bees. So you've got a mixture of bumblebees and honeybees there, I know, too. I do, yes. I'm so, oh, I'm so glad to hear that you keep bees, because there's actually um, this bee up here is um, it's a cardo bee, but a lot of people think that it's a wasp. Mm. And for me, that's a really good introduction to actually explain the importance of wasps alongside bees and what wasps actually do. So a lot of my artwork as well is kind of a gentle step into starting conversations with people about important subjects, especially conservation, the environment, and the importance that bees play. So uh, just talk us through some of the different bee uh, images that you've got here and how does that, uh, where do you get those influences from when you're painting those? So with the bees, I just want to try to get a, a little mixture of different ones. I've got a couple of white buff tail bees. They're the most like commonly illustrated bees that you get on artwork and they're the ones that everybody likes the best. They're kind of cutesy and Fonto fluffy. Genic. Yes. And then this one, correct me if I'm wrong, it's meant to be an early bumblebee. Then they're the ones that you see kind of at the beginning of the year, aren't they? Hence Tiny why they're called things. the... Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other one was just a... Like, is it a bee and a kind of honeybee mixture? So, yeah, that's basically it. Because I know there's over 250 species of bee 
in the UK? I think you know a lot more than I do, actually. You're embarrassing me, so no, that's, no, I just try and keep them. But yeah, as a beekeeper, I'm not a big fan of wasps because they, they raid hives in the, autumn, in the late summer. Yeah, yeah, so you don't like them. Oh, wasps, no. but yeah. So sorry, sorry that we're going to fall out <laughs> over wasps. But let's come back to this amazing place. So, how long have you been in existence in this particular location? So, the gallery box has been here since um, December, start of December last year, but we had to close at the end of December for COVID. Mm. Then we opened again in April, uh, on April the twelfth, and it's been really good, really well received. There was a mad flurry of people coming in, buying original pieces of artwork, which is great. Uh, however, it has taken a slight dip recently. I believe that's due to football. <laughs> but apart from that, it's great. And it's lovely to have, like I say, commissions and keep the work ticking over. That's a good, great way to do well, it. I'm surprised how busy this place is, considering it's a Wednesday afternoon, the sun's out, and you know, there's lots of people milling around. And Do you find people will just wander in who've perhaps got no particular fascination in art but they're taking an interest yeah i would definitely say that that happens um because there's a mixture of different things because i also sell the art equipment ah. some people may come in and they'll need like a paintbrush or a rubber or just a coloring book or something like that and then that's just a little extra purchase that they make but then they're also interested by the artwork and they know someone who might be interested and they spread the word on, for me on my behalf, so that's great. That is superb. Now, how did you get to do this? This is what I'm interested in. <laughs> did you wake up one day and say, what I really need is an art shop? <laughs> you know, I've got to commission things, I've got to do my own. How, how did you get to do this? So I was, I've always been an artist throughout my life. It's just one of those things. And I was working different jobs. And then eventually I moved away from that and I started working at 142 Hamilton Road, which is the art gallery in town in Felixstowe. And I worked there with a team of people, very lovely, and they really helped put me kind of on track for opening my own gallery. I was with them for about a year and a half. And then I progressed to Beach Street when I knew that there was a unit available. And I thought, you know what, I'm gonna curate a space and give artists a little snippet to demonstrate and showcase their work. As, as well as being able to show some of what you produce exactly. too so a bit of both yeah so is your background in art i mean obviously you worked in it most recently how did you get into art as a whole what is that something you've always done you've always scribbled drawn doodled yeah i've always been drawing throughout my whole life ever since i was a kid i'm currently in the process of moving house and i found a photograph of me when i must have been about five years old drawing my cat and this <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it was meant to be me drawing animals so yeah all my life, just always been drawing. And I did go to university. Uh, it was an experience. It wasn't the best experience for me personally as right. an artist right. because I find a lot of people can be put off by exhibiting their work or showcasing their work because they get really heavily critiqued by other people or by their peers. And it may not be the feedback that they want to hear. But that doesn't mean your art isn't valid. It, art is subjective. It's personal, it's individual. So all art is acceptable. To me, that's how I see it. But we've yeah. all got different yeah. things well, that we Well, like. that goes back to what we were talking about, doesn't it? About an artist is getting what's in their mind and in their imagination down on paper or stone or whatever they're working with. Yeah. So for you to then suggest that what I've done there isn't... Mm -hmm. So I, how does that work at university? I've got no idea. Um, oh, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> I found that my teachers, apart from one, um, it wasn't 
it wasn't a good fit student and teacher we didn't I didn't gel with my teachers but mm. that's just me personally but I've had other teachers um when I went to Northgate the teachers there were incredible and then there's other people that have really helped inspire me I think with art you have to almost find your your tribe is what they mm. say mm. the people that really inspire you yeah so obviously you're from Suffolk originally Victoria ish ish yeah Suffolk influenced yes so that's what you say yes <laughs> I was born in London and then came up to Suffolk when I was five years old okay so when for 30 years so, so when you when you started drawing cats mm -hmm. um, around that time yeah. is when you're in Suffolk okay yes. and, and and is Suffolk a good place for artists mm. it definitely is yeah particularly Felix though surprisingly we've got about three I'd say three to five art galleries in such a small town which is great it shows that the demand is there and people actually do enjoy art and I think with Suffolk I know Woodbridge have got some great places um th yeah there's just loads you just have to look a little bit harder for some of them but there's artists scattered throughout what 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 is it about Suffolk then that makes I mean obviously uh, to somebody like me who's perhaps not the most uh, engaged with art, if I can put it that way, you see, well, you've got sort of Constable and Turner and Gainsborough and all of those have had Suffolk influences. Mm -hmm. Well, what makes Suffolk so good for art? Is it just landscape or is it just, you know, that there's a, a sort of a collective within Suffolk where it encourages people to, to fulfil with their art? I would say it's both. I'd say there is a, a, a wide variety of artists locally who do stunning landscapes, whether it's photography, painting, lino cut, um, etching, anything like that, down to a collection of loads of different styles of artists. I think Suffolk embraces them all, that we're all here, mm -hmm. and I think it's, it's great, yeah. <laughs> That's really good. So what's, what's your expectation here? How do you see things progressing? Uh, do you see just continuing to have this combination of curated art, socks, which I've just noticed in front of me. I've got quite, quite excited about the sock selection that you've got. But the Mona Lisa on your socks, you see, that's... And, and also your great work too. Is that sort of early signs are that's the right thing to proceed with? You think it's going to work? Yeah, I really do. And I think by the fact that I change the space every month, giving different artists a chance to come in. And it's always themed every month as well. So I think that's a really good thing to work with. But also I want to do classes. I'm really keen to have a Saturday morning kids art club to, again, encourage kids to do art because I think, you know, all art is valid. Everyone can do it. <laughs> and, yeah, that's kind of my main focus, to keep doing what I'm doing, working with different artists and try, try and help other younger kids and adults do classes. My next stop in Beach Street is to Puzzle, which is run by Karen. So, Karen, tell us a little bit about Puzzle. Well, Puzzle started out as party plan um, and events for ladies. And everybody kept saying, we want to come somewhere that we can see you all the time. And um, Beach Street came up and um, I managed to get myself a unit here, which is fantastic. So, so what, do you, what do you sell? What does Puzzle contain and what, what, what do you have in there? I'm... Um, Mainly Scandinavian inspired and I sell ladies clothing and accessories along with uh, giftware and homeware. And it sounds like you've been doing that for a while but in a different way. So what led to this? What were you doing before that? Well after the party plan um, and the events 
like when I started the shop, um, I kind of branched out into more homewares and giftwares just to give it a whole picture. So my um, tagline is complete your picture. So it's complete your picture of yourself and um, your home. Okay. Okay. No, that's really... So how do you decide what you put in there? This is the thing I've always wondered. I have no idea about clothes, as you can tell from looking at me. Um, and I just think if you're a retailer for, for clothes, you must have thousands of different options. So how do you choose what goes in? How does it become you? How does it become puzzle? That's a very good question. I do have lots of input from um, various sources of, of inspiration. Um, my family is all Scandinavian, which is why I've got the Scandinavian vibe. But I do tend to go to, I look at, through a lot of magazines, talk to a lot of friends, go to a lot of trade fairs. And I tend to buy, I gravitate towards things that I really love, which tend to be pale uh, colours or statement pieces. You'll have to explain to me what a statement piece is. A statement piece is something that says zhuzh to you, so bright colours, um, something that's big and sparkly and bright. Oh, OK, big, sparkly and bright, I understand, yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of thing that I okay, sell, and that's that... the kind of thing that draws me to, to purchase, to then sell to the ladies. Oh, fantastic. So when, when did you open, and how's it been? Because it's probably been a bit of a tough year I guess it's been an odd year for everybody yeah. uh, we opened on the 4th of December we got closed down again on the 24th of December um, and then we had to wait four months until everybody could open in retail so but since then it's been fantastic the, the local support is phenomenal um, the social media is bringing more and more people and we're having various different events which brings different kinds of people from different all kinds of walks of life so it's really good so how uh, how do you get people to know that you're here how do you promote your business um, I promote through uh, email newsletters uh, which I call puzzle pieces and also social media and I've got a large friendship group so I get them to sort of come down and, and tell their friends and yeah and have parties in the unit I've had my first party in the unit last week so they tell their friends and hopefully that will be the snowball effect that'll because you've got this lovely space that, okay the unit is Compact. Bijou, that's the term. Bijou, absolutely. But you've got this lovely space outside, very relaxing. We're sitting in the sun. It's very welcoming and friendly, even though, as you say, you maybe don't have masses of space in there. So how do you deal with a party? You sort of get, sort of allow people to spill out outside and yes. get people to still be able to wander and meander? They did. They, did. they were very good. They social distance. We had to three or four in at a time. They wandered. There was a few outside wandering around. They went to the, the food vendors and got glasses of wine and, and sat and chatted and sort of swapped over. And it was, it was just a really nice atmosphere. Yeah. That's, that's very, very good. That's just uh, it's a lovely, lovely spot. Why did you pick here as a place to, to open? You know, I suppose in theory you could be anywhere in the town or you could, uh, could be somewhere in Ipswich or something, but... What, what appeal to you about about this? I've always been drawn to the the beach. I think that I think the sea is fascinating, no matter what the weather. And um, when the opportunity came to be in Beach Street, we'd just moved back to England from uh, Norway, so um, it was just good timing. 
And you've got plenty of blues in there. Is that with a bit of a sea theme going on, or am I just connecting, <laughs> connecting something that's totally wrong? <laughs> that's the sun. I'm very simplistic, but or that could be the sand. Um, yeah. Oh, that's that's amazing. Very good. Oh well, it's been lovely just to understand something about what you're doing, and I every success to you as you, you get up and running. Nice to talk to you. Thank oh, you. My pleasure. Thank you. Just moved on a little bit further along the road and now outside a shop called Susie Sparkle, which is run by Sue, which is you. It is, yes. I am Susie Sparkle of Beach Street. <laughs> so, t- Susie Sparkle, so Sue, tell us a little bit about what's inside and, uh, you know, what, what's your sort of driving force behind your establishment? Okay, well, in my uh, unit, I've got ladies' Italian clothing. Um, for style and comfort Um, and I'm sure you know we've all put on a bit of weight during lockdown you know Um, I also have some jewellery and basically you know I started with a six foot table of vintage jewellery four years ago and I've progressed since then you know I introduced clothes and didn't look back and and uh, done markets and fairs and things so you're a bit limited with space Um, and you know it's taken me a while to build the business up it's finally worked (laughs) you know after all my hard work of standing in the cold and rain you know shivering etc but as soon as Beach Street was was being like oh you know it's on the horizon I'm like I'm having some of that (laughs) I'm like yep this feels good you know and it did it felt a good vibe and I'm so glad I'm here and I do not regret it at all um and so I can expand now you know and I've got bags you know artist bags so you know no no one else sells those sells those put me teeth in um, <laughs> you know and dog scarves have been absolutely you know brilliant because there's a lot of dog lovers um down here um you know and they all like Oh, scarves! Yeah, so, they're yeah. lovely. And, and sorry, just just at weekends, I have um, various readers that come in, like clairvoyants or numerologists, um, you know, and they do tarot readings. So, you know, it's that's a, to me that's a seaside resort. When I grew up in Felixstowe as a kid, you had two, you know, fortune tellers, you know, along the prom, and I'm just like, yeah. I'm going to have some of that as well. <laughs> well, I wasn't expecting us to head in that direction. I mean, no sign of that from the outside of the shop, but maybe you've got well, no, tucked there, away there somewhere. Is that, oh, yes, that, there we yes. are. There, down we are on the blackboard. Okay, yeah, yeah very good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, wow. So, t- I'm really interested in the fact you said you sort of basically started from your kitchen table or something, really. Yeah. Um, how did that develop then? You said was vintage jewellery is it what it started is. with. Yeah. Um, how did you go from a kitchen table of vintage jewellery so, so t- you were in markets and things like that what what markets did you go to how did where did it all go okay when i when i started let's say i had a, a table of vintage jewellery um it was it was christmas time and so i you know i had to really push to get into these events because um, a lot of them you know they plan them well in advance um like you know i had friends that would you know guide me in the right place um and 
but then because I go to a variety of events rather than just vintage, I then introduced, you know, modern jewellery and this and that. And it's taken me, you know, I'll be four years Susie Sparkle is is uh, been with me and it's taken me this time to suss out what, what is best for me. Um, and it's like, you know, you've got to move in different directions and it's like... Yeah, no, the clothes are good. You know, let's do less jewellery. The clothes, ladies always want clothes, <laughs> um, you know, and I wear them myself, you know, and and it just went from here and it's just like, you know, it's been a struggle. I've had days where, you know, you don't sell anything and nobody wants this or nobody wants that. So it's a learning curve, but I'm really proud of myself mm. because I've done this, you know, with guidance, but this is my project yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and and i'm just so proud that now, you've, you've just raised a really interesting point there that i recall when i started the business there were days when i just felt the entire world really disliked me and then there's other days where you just think you can't yeah. put a foot wrong exactly. How, who do who do you sort of bounce things off How, do you have people you can talk to about stuff like because actually it's really quite hard going it isn't is, it? it is i mean you know i've done the you know, it's me that does all this. Um, when I was doing markets, you know, I was it, it was me on my own, you know, putting up a market frame, you know, bringing it down and, and doing it all myself. Because I'm weathers. in all weathers, yeah. um, and you know, you, you do with the other traders, you will sound off, you know, to each other like, oh, I've got this, this, yeah. this. But down here, it's like we're a family Lovely. and we all try and help each other out yeah, yeah. and it's like you know <laughs> people tend to come to me oh i need this oh susie's probably got it you right. know and, yeah, and it's like yeah, yeah. you know um but we all help each other out and you know it, it's great so yeah you do because you know you've you know i do have a husband but he doesn't understand what what it's like to <laughs> be in my shoes you know every day bless him but yeah it's good to speak to other people and we've we were friends right from the start really yeah. you know we've all bonded and you know that sort of thing so yeah and i and i'm i just like helping people and and looking out for them, you know, so... Um, but no. Well, it is lovely. I mean, the fact that, you know, it's just I've been wandering around today and you're all just sitting and chatting with each other and everybody obviously knows everybody and supports mm. everybody. That's just quite really quite a nice community already. But how, how did you find the whole stop-start? Because I suppose you were impacted by that, you know, lockdown beginning of the year. I mean, it, it wasn't easy for any of us, you know, the whole world. Um, I mean, I I was frustrated because, you know, people were laid off, furloughed. I was laid off. I had no money coming in. Luckily, you know, again, I had my, my husband to support me, which I don't like because I'm independent. Yeah. However, um, you know, it was frustrating. You try and keep that focus. Um, but, you know, you will have days where you're a bit, you know, you've got bills coming in, etc., etc. But I'm through it. I'm here, yeah. <laughs> you know. And now I'm here. I've never looked back and it's lovely to be in one place and I don't have to get on the A12 and think, where am I today? Um, but no, it, it has been hard, but it's been rewarding, very, very rewarding. Um, and it's part of my journey of, you know, 
Susie Sparkle was Susie Struggle at one point, you know. <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, you get here and, you know, with a bit of faith and, and things like that, you know, because a lot of businesses have gone under and it is a shame. Um, but my thing is, yep, we can't all go on holiday abroad, staycation, let's help get our own country back up on its feet, you know, before people start moaning about holidays, you know. So. Well, I mean, as far as that's concerned, you're in one of the best places in Suffolk, you're in Felixstowe, which, you know, for those of us who grew up here, is one of the best places in Suffolk, <laughs> isn't it? You and me both, so that's yeah. good. Um, and you're at the right end where people are going to be milling around and spending their money. And I guess you've probably got a few people wandering up and down saying, didn't realise this was here, look at all of these places. We do, people still like, oh, you're just here for the weekend, or, you know, is it just... And I'm like, no, we're here all the time. Oh, I didn't know. And, it, you know, it's just educating people to, to like, you know, well, yeah, we're open all year round, you know, this is my life, you know, sort of thing. But, you know, being born bred round Felixstowe, um, you know, it's, it's, it's my hometown. It's like I knew that this would be a, an excellent position because even in the winter, you know, you'll get people along the along the prom, you know, walking their dogs um, and socialising. And, you know, it is a good location. You know, some people were like, oh, no, I wouldn't do that. That's just a seaside town. No, it's not, you know. <laughs> it's like, it isn't, you know, it is... It's, it's just brilliant and I'm so pleased that I've got this opportunity to come and, you know, bring my wares here yeah. and, um, you know, it, it's just lovely and I'm so were, pleased. So we were just talking to Victoria about art and about how in some ways the artist sort of puts their thoughts down on canvas or into stone or carves into yeah. wood or something and in a way I guess you have the same impact on what you put on your shelves and hang on your rails it's your view it's yes. your yeah. favorites it's <laughs> the things you would uh, speak up for yes yes absolutely I mean I didn't have the art bags before I came here but Victoria has been such an inspiration to me um, she's very good at ideas and you know I think it complements her shop to my shop and it's actually quite interesting you'll get children going along oh look there's the Mona Lisa or you know this this and this so I get educated as well um, <laughs> but it just it's just nice you know yeah. to try and cater for everyone and you know I absolutely love it and um, this is you know my dream and it's mine <laughs> oh, it's, it is lovely it's so nice and I think that's one of the beautiful things to see along here is that this is you know just an extension of people's personality and their the thing they're enthusiastic about and that's really apparent with you as well very, very passionate about Susie Sparkle and I probably get on people's nerves but I don't care you know this is my livelihood and you know who doesn't love a bit of sparkle you know I do you know. Oh, well done. Now, that's really, really fantastic. That's marvellous. And even sparkling face masks, I say, are different. It has to be. It has to be, doesn't it? You know? And I usually wear sparkling shoes, but I haven't today. But, you know, it, it is. The, the, you know, people come along, oh, sparkling masks. And I'm like, hmm, the clue is in the name, you know, sort of thing. But, you know, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's just me.
So I've now got an opportunity to, to sit with one of the co-owners of the Manning site, Charlie. Uh, so Charlie, obviously many people will know the Manning site uh, and this end of Felixstowe. Um, how long has it been here? And tell us a little bit about the history. Yeah, so the site was founded by Billy Butlin in the 30s. Um, and it was operated as the entertainment building and area for the holiday camps and holiday sites. Um, my granddad then took it over in 1946 um, and it stayed in the family since going down to my dad, Charles Manning Jr. And then now myself, my brother, my mum are the co-owners and sort of directors of the company. Um, so it's been in the family for over 76 years now. Wow, what a history. And I suppose you must feel a bit of a responsibility with the name and the site and, you know, people travel for miles to come here. Yeah, no, there is kind of a lot of sentimental value to it and responsibility to kind of keep things going and moving with the times and just staying, staying popular and an attractive visitor destination that appeals to people and makes them want to come back to Felixstowe as a repeat visitor and to enjoy their time here. So tell us a little bit about Beach Street, which is obviously what I've come here to see today. So I've already just met some of the vendors, some of the, the shop owners, but how did the idea come to you? What, what, what led to its development? Yeah, well, there's, there's kind of lots of different facets to the business of Mannings. Um, and we've always looked at different areas and how they're performing, what the sort of performances of different sort of zones would be at the arcade, the market, the rentals, the rides. And over time, the rides have kind of dwindled down and there was very little demand and very little sort of revenue coming from it. So we decided we'd look at other options of how to use this, that part of the land more, um, more efficiently and more pr productively. Um, looking around the country, there was the box park um, container developments were sort of quite, quite a popular new thing and very trending. It just seemed to fit really well with Felixstowe and it could create a mini economy on the seafront in its own right. So there's lots of small units, startups, affordable sort of spaces, affordable sizes, and it's kind of developed from there and it's been so well received with demand for the units and as well demand for visitors to come and have a look and see what's going on. So it's, it's just hit the nail on the head and just been very, very popular. Well, it's a beautiful sunny afternoon here and it certainly appears to be popular. So talk me through a little bit. How many units do you have? What's the makeup or what's the sort of mix of, you know, the content? How does that all work? Yeah, so we've got at the moment phase one is 14 units varying in size for a 20 foot by 8 foot sort of boutique shop up to the larger sort of mini restaurant size, which is 16 foot wide by 40 foot long. So it's still very kind of... Um, micro sizes, mini mini sizes, but very flexible and very usable, and a great great sort of size to use for starting up or for small expansions. Um, and there's a huge range of arts and crafts on the retail side. It's very boutique and artisan, um, handmade crafts, um, ladies' fashion, home scents, bath bombs, um, arts and crafts, um, and lots of like gifts. Kind of really sort of fun and quirky type shops. And then on the catering side, it's mainly sort of street food led. Um, so we've got burgers, a vegan outlet, coffee shop, speciality coffees, waffles, pizzas. And then the next food to open is the View um, restaurant, which is the first floor with a, with a big panoramic sea view balcony. Um, so the View is quite an apt name for that. Um, and that overlooks kind of the whole of the, the South Beach, which is fantastic views. 
Um, and then there will be more to come in phase two, which is now being designed. Wow, I mean, was it a bit of a leap of faith to do this? In the sense of, um, you know, we sort of hear people will say, oh, retail's not working so well nowadays, or uh, people saying, oh, you can just sit at home and order the food that you want. What is it about some of these things which evidently that isn't always true? <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> we did do a lot of market research prior to even breaking ground. So we've done surveys and sort of questionnaires on Facebook and in person to sort of see what people had demand for, what they wanted to see on the seafront. And what we've done is offer different food types to your standard seafront um, sea beach destination. So we've already got burgers and chips and fish and chips and that type of offer on site. So we were going more of the street food and more, more unique um, and, and a higher quality as well. So as the price point might be slightly higher than the normal seafront. Um, but people are happy to pay that when it's a special occasion or they want to come to the seaside and treat themselves. Um, so yeah, we did research, so we kind of knew there was demand for people to open up their own businesses and we knew there was demand for people to visit. So once we kind of evaluated all of that, it was kind of, let's get it started and do it as quickly as we can and, and get opened. Obviously that was prior to COVID. Um, then we had ups and downs and delays and sort of hold-ups through lockdowns and restrictions and supply chain logistics were all kind of up in the air. Um, but we kind of did what we could, how we could, when we could, and eventually we've, we've got there. Yeah, uh, I mean, that is remarkable considering all the issues that you've had to contend with in the last 16 or 18 months. But what, what's the sort of early signs? How are you feeling things are going at the moment? Oh, just very positive. Um, the feedback from visitors, the feedback from the tenants, everyone's doing much better trade than they expected and they'd hoped for. They've been, I think everyone's optimistic, but they're conservative at the same time, but everyone's hitting their targets with ease. So it's very positive and, and that's kind of now why we're looking to phase two to have that set up and installed as soon as we can really. Is there anything you can tell us about phase two at this stage or is it a closely guarded secret? No, well, we're still taking applications for it, so it's kind of, it, it's nothing to hide yet. There's nothing to shout about either because we haven't made decisions. We still need to do the final design. Um, I guess phase two, part A, could be Hopsters, the new bar we're opening today. And adjacent to that will be a Vietnamese and Asian street food um, takeaway. So that's kind of the first step of phase two. Um, but then we will be building up on the existing units on the kind of the south side, so on the coffee shop round to the yoga studio, that will be built upwards for a second level, similar to the view restaurant at the front, with a bridge access from the balcony and stairs at the back and a, and a wheelchair lift. So there's there's lots still to do, um, and then there'll be more to come after that as well. Wow, it's exciting stuff. Uh, lots of things on the go. Is the fact that people aren't able to travel at the moment? beneficial to you or or actually do you think you would get people visiting who say visiting the country um coming along um i think felix is more of a like a locals destination for day trips and for weekends and hopefully more so now and maybe staying extra few nights as opposed to one or two nights or for a day they might stay for the long weekend um i think the restrictions have helped the takeaway side of things with the food and drink because People can just have a wander up and down the seafront and they can pop in for a coffee or a bite to eat, a pizza. So it's kind of worked in our favour in that respect. Um, and I think with people not being able to travel away, 
they're coming to us, especially on a day like today when it is actually it's got warm again, the sun's out. It's a nice it's a nice day, so it encourages people to come to us. So I think I don't think we'd see many foreign visitors sort of travelling to Felixstowe, more so sort of local sort of from the east of east of England, um, and we are seeing a lot of footfall. We're probably double of what we normally do this time of year, um, which I kind of attribute to COVID and to Beach Street as a sort of combination, really. Any sort of things that in your next phase you would like to have on here in terms of, let's say, food, for example? Is there anything that your stomach yearns for? (laughs) Well, we've had some really great applications already. So Greek food, souvakis, the the gyros, that type of thing has been... um, Had two or three people talking about that. Um, the Asian street food, I think, would be a real key thing. Um, and I don't think there'll be much more than that because we don't want to oversaturate the immediate area with too many food outlets. Um, but we want to create more seating space and some, now sort of, um, some sheltered areas as well. So it does take us through the winter months as well as on a sunny day like now, it's nice, to be able to visit here when it is raining and it isn't quite so nice. We want to make it a, an all-year-round destination. One thing that I just noticed was just having sort of met one or two of the um, shop owners, I'll call them that, that's probably that's doing them a disservice really because they've got some amazing things going on there, is the sense of community. Mm. They're just you know, sitting there, they all seem to know each other really well, they help each other out. And the other thing that's superb is most of these entrepreneurs are women, yeah. which again, perhaps across the country, we're a bit short of that. Um, is that being part of the objective for you or is it just being a byproduct of offering something that's a, a really good service i think it's just um the fact that about 90 percent of the businesses here are female run and operated and owned yeah um it's just i think it's coincidence and it, i think it's partly the women are maybe taking the ball by the horns and to, wanting to get involved and set up their own their own companies their own businesses now um but it hasn't been designed to be like that. We've kind of taken applicants from every, everyone and anyone, really, and we've kind of weighed it up it's sort of on, on meritocracy. So we've yeah. weighed it up on its kind of positives and whoever's had the best offer and, what we, and how we think would suit the community. Like you say, it's a very, very nice community feel with mm-hmm. everyone being... It's, it's, a, it's a small area, really, so everyone's going to know each other very quickly. Um, and it's just by luck, I guess, and sort of by selecting suitable tenants and complementary shops and businesses that they do get on together. There's, there's no massive overlap and competition between each individual. Um, so that alleviates any stress, stress or pressures between each other. Um, and it has actually developed into a very close-knit community and very, very kind of social and friendly between the, the unit operators themselves. Yeah, it really is a remarkable sight. And as you say, considering that otherwise this potentially would have been full of empty rides or rides are operating on minimal capacity, now you've got a thriving, buzzing community. So what, what, uh, let's just uh, go back a little bit and to find out how did, uh, what was your history here personally, Charlie? So you, you grew up here and then moved yeah. away, then got back involved again? Yeah, so uh, myself and my brother, we both grew up here sort of through school locally. Um, and then I went off to Leeds University, Johnny went down to Bournemouth, um, then we both moved to London, I moved back in 2009, Johnny moved back 2008 I think, so we were both away for about 10 years from Felixstowe, 
um, moved back and then working with family, working with dad. And unfortunately, he passed in 2011. So since then, it's been myself, my brother, my mum. And we've kind of been just developing the business as we can. Uh, We've kind of spent time in the arcade, spent time in the bars and in the catering side and refurbishing parts of the business and parts of the building. Um, We now, we helicopter sort of manage more so than being involved in any one area. Uh, we have more tenants in than we ever have done prior, prior to this. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, we're, we're more land, we, we operate the arcade ourselves, um, but we landlord sort of the rest of the site, because there's, there's just no way we could operate and offer such good quality, because everyone's op- working for themselves and they've got their heart and sort of soul in their business. Yeah. Um, they offer the best possible service and best quality they can. Whereas if myself and Johnny were trying to employ people to do the same job, it just wouldn't happen. Are we realistic? We know it wouldn't happen. And we can see that the guys are doing fantastic jobs and very busy. And it's like, oh, it'd be great if we could do that for ourselves, but it's not realistic. So we're happy for them to be successful, which in turn makes us successful. So it's, it, everyone benefits. Yeah, that's a much better business model I suspect nowadays isn't it um, especially if you have you know, specialisms and people who've got a real passion on their cooking or on their clothes or their art um, that, and that shines through and the fact that then you just provide the facilities uh, that seems to work extremely well so what's the future for Mannings then I mean it's I'd say great name known across the county perhaps further afield um, and people will talk about, you know, I'll park my car near Mannings and, yeah. you know, people will know where this is. So, um, yeah, how do you see the future going? Well, yeah, like I say, it's a landmark. Um, people know, have known Mannings, it's been here for 76 years, so everyone in the area, if you live in Ipswich or Felix, so you've, you've probably spent summers down here on the beach and in one of the various arcades. Um, for us, it's maintaining it and just driving it forwards. Um, there's a few things I've got in my mind which I'd like to see and introduce over the next few years. Uh, more entertainment-led, more facilities, but I'm not going to say anything too much yet. Uh, but there's, there's plenty more to come and I think the success of Beach Street will facilitate more investment and more, more facilities to come and more features. So, yeah. Watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we will with interest. And, you know, it is what so people have been saying for years. Oh, Felix so is on the up. But there is actually a very genuine sense now that, that it's, it's, it's turned a corner. Yeah, Felix so is very much kind of shaking off the stigma of being a little sort of seaside town with not much to offer. Um, and I, th- I think it's just going to grow and grow and it will become probably the, the beach in Suffolk to visit. Yeah, absolutely. And someone pointed out um, that it's probably the longest promenade and the longest beach area in Suffolk because you compare it with Alba isn't quite as long and um, Southwold, well, you know, Felix Doe is all that plus a lot more, isn't it? Loads more besides. So, yeah, so thank you, Charlie. It's been wonderful to just have a look around and see what you're doing here today. Lovely to find out a bit about you and your family history too. And yeah, I really hope this all succeeds. No, thank you very much for coming. So I'm a big fan of anything uh, like waffles and pancakes and so on. And so I feel very lucky to now be talking to Tracy, who runs the Waffle Shack. Tracy, it's an amazing thing, waffles. 
Why? <laughs> what? <laughs> Tell me all about them. Tell well, me about your waffles. Our waffles are amazing. Just a lovely little treat on a winter's day, summer's day, whatever you need. A little treat, a little pick-me-up. Uh, the idea really was born out of um, going on holiday, actually. Um, about six or seven years ago, I went away to Turkey, got married whilst I was there. And in the little town village that we stayed in was a lovely little shack. Um, that so, And it had a big tree that went over the top, and it was just all out in the sun. Obviously, Turkey, lovely weather. And I said to my husband, this would be amazing in Felixstowe. You know, lovely sunny place. Maybe we don't get the sun quite as much as Turkey. But I just thought, yeah, by the beach, a waffle pancake house, that's, the, that's what we need. So, yeah, it was always, it sort of came out of that idea and I followed through and, and here we are today. <laughs> well, it's a great location. And in addition to all the lovely places out the front that you can see, you've just show me to the little secret sun trap that you have out the back so not only can you get great weather in felix of course all the time but we can eat delicious waffles and pancakes so had you had any experience of making waffles and pancakes before that uh, life-changing moment or, or? Really, but, you know being a mum of young children you know <laughs> things you get requested to make so yeah not really I've, I've always i've had lots of different jobs um have worked in hospitality before worked in a cafes and bits and pieces but no nothing sort of specifically but um, you know, you, if you've got a dream, you're going to follow it. You're going to get there somehow. So, yeah, lots of practicing. I mean, obviously, my children and husband didn't complain about the fact that I needed to practice on them. <laughs> <laughs> so, have they been living off pancakes and waffles for the last few years as you've been gearing up for this? Pretty much, yes. <laughs> They're not complaining though. My husband has got very much a sweet tooth, so he he has the sign of a seal of approval over what we what we serve here. <laughs> He's the official tester, is that right? So any new recipes or... Yep. Okay, well, that's a very good position to have, I have to say. So just talk me through this. Uh, how did you come across this particular location then? Because, you know, it's relatively new off the drawing board and only just really up and running. Did that coincide with your plans? I think we spoke a little bit earlier. So I had there was another waffle shack in Felixstowe and it was a business that actually coincidentally was up for sale I approached the guy we had made a deal um, it was sort of all going through but unfortunately things sort of fell through with it we couldn't it turns out there was some problems with the lease on the premises and we couldn't actually um, cook on the premises which obviously is a slight problem when yeah. you want to serve waffles and yeah. pancakes so yeah um, it, it was we were in a situation where we were trying to sort it out and it was with solicitors we got to a stage where hopefully we were going to open and then we went into lockdown um, but in the meantime, actually previous to all that happening, I had contacted Charlie and Johnny about all this, having seen it in the press about Beach Street. And um, so, yeah, I'd actually made an application to them before that all fell through. So then going into um, about August last year, um, they actually, I remember, um, it was, I believe in fate, I was um, with a friend and we were in her garden. It was August day, we were allowed to meet outside. And I said to her, you know, I still have this dream and I still really want to do it, but it's all fallen apart at the other location. And she said to me, you just need to do what's right. And if you think the location of being near the beach is the right location for you, you're just going to have to hold out. Went home and lo and behold, literally on Instagram or Facebook, the Mannings have put, we've got one unit that's come up at Beach Street. So I thought, do you know what, I did that application before, so I literally emailed and said, do you remember me from before I had the idea of the Waffle Shack? And they were like, yeah, yeah, great, you've got to come down because we've got nothing else like that. So literally I was down here within about three days and literally signed on the dotted line. As soon as I got here, I just had the feeling that um, this would be a great thing, but not just a great thing 
um, because Felixstowe is very synonymous with people coming here and day trippers and holiday makers but actually a great thing for local people that local people would really like it and so far that seems to be the case locals are embracing everything about Beach Street it's a great thing for Felixstowe it certainly has that sense um, and again I've just spent this afternoon here yeah. I've driven past it but I've not gone in before but yeah just spending a bit of time here there's a real sense of a community yes. for the people who own the units yes. Yeah, um, which is lovely in itself but it's also probably just giving the size of unit that perhaps isn't available anywhere else yes. so it's very affordable as well so if you look at something on the high street you know you have to probably um, factor in that you might have business rates um, the rent of some of the places I looked at would double what this is um, so you have got a smaller unit here but it, it's very affordable for a first time business but what it lends to is obviously all the outside space, which, you know, two years ago we didn't know. But now the situation we're living in, actually, that's what everyone wants. They want to be outside. They want to be in a safe space. So Beach Street really inadvertently has knocked the nail on the head um, and is now in a situation where actually, you know, this is what people want in 2021. Mm. You know, it's a very safe way to, to go about. But as a business owner, it, yeah, it's perfect to start up because it's affordable and it's, I, I believe what we're offering here is what people want and is convenience. Um, so you could come here, have a day on the beach, come up here, get something to eat, have a little look in the shops. We've got everything together. Um, we all know, unfortunately, the high street is really suffering, but this offers something very different to that experience. And that's what it is actually, is an experience we're offering, not just a, a waffle. <laughs> Do you know what? I think actually you're right. It is an experience. And once you just turn that corner past the coffee shop and you come into this little courtyard, um, there is that sense of it is a little community of people who are there to serve. And you could be sitting next to somebody on the communal tables and obviously with sufficient space between you where one person's having their waffles, somebody else could be having a slice of pizza from next door. But actually you're all sort of sharing that same experience. Yes. Um, and what's more, you can park just alongside. Um, we've got, you know, there's so much parking all around and it's all free, you know, and that's another thing sort of people do, you know, locals are not happy if they have to pay to park in their town centre. We can offer lots of free parking here. But sort of going back to that thing about community is very much that way that um, we're working together, you know, we've all got ideas of how we can work with other units here to to enhance the experience and bring a combined event as well so yeah everyone here gets on really well it's a really good vibe between the business owners as well as the customers that are coming along and sitting and chatting and seeing friends they haven't seen for ages and yeah it's a good good experience and that's the thing actually it's just a it seems like a really good place to to meet i know when um when i take my family out we can never all agree on where we want to be because <laughs> so one person want pizza one person want waffles well, yeah. Here, you can have both exactly. yeah that's really good well one of the other things i just mentioned to charlie and it just sort of dawned on me as i was wandering around is most of the proprietors these business owners and entrepreneurs are women and actually they, they, that's just in itself a really good sign but also um i don't know what it says but it's 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 good but is that something that actually is really benefiting to all of you Yes. Do you find that helpful? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes, because I think, I, th I mean, there's a couple of people that I think have had a bit of experience of having businesses elsewhere, but it is like 80% women here with their first business. Um, 
which is why I think there's it feels like it's that supportive network of people you know we're all doing this for the first time together so no I think there's a real strength in it being women you know women that have got other commitments have got all the things going on in their lives family husbands but are trying to run a business but yeah I think it's a definite strength of this place and it, it I would say it it's very much something obviously Johnny and Charlie didn't set out to do that but there must be something in it because that is what's happened and they are very supportive of our businesses they are you know and actually the supportive network particularly over the last year must be absolutely critical um I know when I started this I was saying this to somebody earlier that there are days when you just think the whole world is against yeah. you because nothing seems to have gone right yeah. and then there are other days when you just think you could walk on water <laughs> yes, um, yeah, and actually you, neither are true yeah. but you just have up and down days so to have other people around you to support you that really must help oh yeah for definite you know you, you sort of have a, a day that might be busy or stressful or you, like you say things go wrong but you've got other people there that will support you and you know it's fine it'll be okay you know it will be okay but yeah it's a, it's a really good thing and I mean I remember the day in December where we were told that we were going into this Tier 4 lockdown and we were all here, open. And um, it was a real sort of, like a real sort of pain, like, oh my God, we've just opened, we've been open for three weeks, what are we going to do? And literally, Charlie just walked around and he said to everybody, you know, you've paid your first month's rent, cancel direct debit. I have no expectation that anyone will pay any rent until this is over. Like, that's just an amazing feeling, you know. That lifts every bit of weight that you have and makes you think, well, actually, OK, that's, that's the biggest stress I have in my life. If, I've got to, if I don't have to pay that, then it's all good. And, and that is testament to them, you know. They didn't have to do that. You know, we'd signed a contract. We, we're legally obliged to pay every month. But, yeah, that was amazing. So again very supportive of them as well yeah and again that just takes a bit of a long-term view rather than yeah, obviously right. short-term things that are devastating but yeah. you know if you've got that long-term view and that's so let's just come back to the waffles okay um <laughs> so what's your favorite and what's what's your favorite that's the first question yeah. the second thing what's your biggest seller okay so they are two different things um so my favorite is the berries so fresh berries with a salted caramel sauce and a vanilla ice cream just a nice classic fresh fruit one and our best seller probably depending there's two um the chocolate which is chocolate banana and toffee with an ice cream that's very popular um or it would be the kinder bueno one which with our youngsters absolutely love with lots of chocolate with it <laughs> sounds awful doesn't it Oh, it sounds wonderful, actually. <laughs> that sounds absolutely brilliant. Well, that's fantastic. So, yeah, just sort of quickly looking down your menu, I see you've got plenty of sweet stuff, ice cream, all sorts. So, yeah, it looks an amazing place. So it's really lovely to see a particular part of Felix Lowe being reinvigorated and renewed with these great ideas that hopefully will provide new retail opportunities uh, and eating establishments in that area. If there's a message or a story that you've got that you would like to communicate to the people of Suffolk, then please do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you and have the opportunity of seeing what you're doing uh, and how people are using money in Suffolk, whether it's in communities, through charity, or whether it's uh, through a business 
that's progressing and growing, then it's a story that we'd love to continue to spread around. So on behalf of the team at Suffolk Money, and as always, I just want to thank Sally and Kevin for all of their support and the work that they do, and for the support that we receive from Kingsfleet Wealth, then we hope that we'll see you next time on a further edition of Suffolk Money. <laughs>